Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by GMIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. A little bit early this week. That's because we have Cyclone Women's Basketball coming up tonight. The uh, NIT continues on the the uh, semifinals tonight, Iowa State and Auburn. You'll be able to hear that coming up at 6. Before then, we have Tommy Birch. We have Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register, and they join me here on 1460 KXNO. And, Pete, I want to leave with you. You've been on this beat for a really long time. Um, Things get tossed around. There's a lot of recency bias that's always thrown around when it comes to sports. It's inevitable. Is Iowa State's road trip to Texas the biggest game? in Iowa State football history, or are we throwing a little recency bias in there? Throwing a lot of bias in there. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I I would say it's one of. Oh, certainly one of. But but the 2004-2005 games where they could have won those Mm -hmm. games to go to the the big – 12 championship game back when it was split divisions they win those games the last game of the regular season they win those games they're they're going to the championship yeah, Missouri game. and Kansas right those, two years. those were yeah. the ch- those were the biggest games now if Iowa State wins on Saturday then we can talk about Kansas State okay. being the biggest and I would say sure because it's yeah I would say it's I would say that would be the biggest given that it, well it would be the biggest assuming West Virginia loses on Black yeah. Friday. But, yeah, it would be the biggest with all that happening um, um, because it's, they're, it's, they're, they're not split into divisions. I mean, so I, yeah. th- I, think, that, I think that makes it big. Yeah, and, Tommy, that's kind of where I, I come down to it, too. It's like Randy's point's so valid. I remember those games in 04 and 05 so well. <laughs> um, I was just getting on the Iowa State beat at that point. It was some of the first games I ever covered. Um, but the thing is, it's like you knew then if Iowa State law, or won, they were going to get killed by Texas yeah. in the title game. I mean, I, I, I could make an argument, I think, that this feels different because this Iowa State team is legitimately one of the best teams in the Big 12. It's not just a team that is on the crappy side of the division sneaking into the championship game. Yeah, I remember thinking that, too, when I was watching both those games back then, knowing, okay, you're, you're pretty much just playing for a spot yeah. in, the, in, the, in the game then, where now you're like, man, Iowa State has a chance to not only play in it, but win it, too. But, man, I, I go back to those games, too, and I wonder, the first thing I think about is obviously the Brett Culbertson kicks. Why'd you have to throw Shaggy <laughs> under the bus? But then you kind of wonder, too, man, if Shaggy would have made one of those kicks – would would that have been enough back then to keep Mac for one more year? I always have thought that. I don't know though, Pete. Just, like it, yeah. it, the, it was still kind of telling though back in the day. Uh, the Missouri game in '04. Now it was Thanksgiving weekend and students were out of out of school, but there were like thirty five thousand people here. At Jack, when I say here, we're recording this, looking at Jack Trace Stadium, so painting the picture for you guys right now. Um, I think the McCarney deal was starting to go downhill just from a fan base standpoint as like having faith in Mac at that time. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Tommy's on to something. If, if Iowa State goes to one of those Big 12 title games, you think it buys Mac another year? Yes. I don't, I don't think there could have been a firing head that happened. Yeah, I, had that I happen. think you're right, I think Tommy. That would I mean, have, have been a revolt. Um, but uh, it, 
did it happen? Um, you remember when Mac coached his last game here? Do you remember that one? Yeah. That was <laughs> that was spectacular. Goal line stand at the end, wasn't it, against Missouri? Um, a qu- very questionable call whether Missouri was in the end zone or not. Oh, yeah. They weren't right down here, right down at this end zone. They weren't in the end zone, and here comes the crowd. They come flying out of the stands, and they carry McCarney off the field. That was That's probably the best way to go that I've ever seen anything happen. That was spectacular. Yeah. McCartney was crying. His daughters were crying. They were down there. I, I remember. I mean, <laughs> I was emotional just because everybody it was, loved it Mac. It was cool. You know? Yeah. Margie was down there crying. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was really cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it is pretty amazing when you go back and look at time. I think both those kind of instances kind of epitomize just how far this program's come because. No, you know, for no, two, no doubt. Yeah. For two areas, one you you never thought that Iowa State would, at, at least back then, and I think a lot of people even recently always believed. Okay, if Iowa State was going to play in the Big Twelve championship game, it had to have been like a perfect scenario where the Big Twelve is down, Iowa State's a senior loaded team, the schedule kind of works out in their favor. You kind of thought all these variables had to happen for Iowa State to get there. And then, too, I think a lot of people thought, okay, even if they got there, they probably wouldn't win it. Where now, it's like everything that I mentioned about having a senior load team, the schedule working out in your favor, and the Big 12 being down, none of those variables have really happened for Iowa State, where Iowa State has made its own luck. It's it's a bigger, faster, stronger team than a lot of people in the Big 12. They played their way into this conversation and they played their way into staying in the conversation for a while now, too. And let's not forget this point. If, in fact, Iowa State does make the Big 12 championship game, which we know two things have to happen. That's all. Two things have to happen. West Virginia's got to get beaten. Iowa State's got to win out. Pure and simple. Um, let's not forget the fact that Iowa, if, in fact, those happen, that stuff happens, Iowa State makes it without an asterisk. Meaning that there's no, be nice, Randy. There's no scheduling loophole yeah. in this conference. Everybody That's plays everybody, yeah. and you can't you can't say, well, we I was you know a certain team you know whoever skipped team A B C D E. Yeah. Iowa State. You can't say that Iowa State had a schedule that did not include Oklahoma or TCU it, yeah. or Oklahoma State or something. It, they played everybody. I was against that initially when I when I you know when during the whole expansion thing a long time ago. But I remember sitting down in Jamie Pollard's office. We were just having a conversation and I wasn't writing anything and I was just listening to him and he convinced me that it that it, eventually it would be the best thing for the conference and it is. There's no asterisk. It it is the best and you don't even have to look at today's day and age. There would have been an asterisk by Iowa State had they gone sure. to it in, in 05. They mm-hmm. didn't play Texas and Oklahoma. Yep. Exactly. 04, they didn't play Texas and Oklahoma. Right. So, I mean, sure, you would have been able to print the T-shirt, but everybody knew back then Iowa State wasn't the second best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. I think your point is valid. I also think that when we come to championship Saturday here in a few weeks, if Iowa State's in it or not, what you gentlemen are going to see are a ton of, of uneven championship games this year. You're right. going to have That's Northwestern right. and Michigan or Ohio State. Right. You're going to, and the, the ACC is going to be an utter joke. It's going to be like a four-loss team going head-to-head with, with, with Clemson. Four-loss in the league, mm-hmm. let me remind you. College football, I believe, is catching up to this. 
and the Big 12 was the laughing stock of, of it for a while because of, they stepped on their own feet a lot during the yes. expansion stuff with how they controlled the uh, you know the way that they were perceived. But I, I do think that eventually these other leagues, even though they're big, I do think that they're going to come to a point where they're going to want their two best teams playing on championship Saturday. Yeah, but in, as good as all that is, too, there is still kind of the awkwardness that possibly could come with where – you have West Virginia and Oklahoma playing one week and then the very next week in the Big 12 title game. You don't want that happening, but I think obviously yeah, it's – That's unavoidable. Yeah. But obviously it is better than, hey, having a, you know, yeah. like you said, scenario four-win team getting in. But I, I, I think there's that, no perfect rhyme or reason to I think it that – yeah, you don't – I think you'd rather not have that. Yeah. But, I, but how do you change it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a fact of yeah. they are the two best teams if that's the way it is. And it is. It, 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 part of it would be kind of intriguing, wouldn't it? Yeah, but – be I, like, oh, well, Oklahoma just won this week and or West Virginia won this week. What what does Lincoln Riley do to change it in a week's on time? On the flip side, it is intriguing from the Iowa State perspective that, hey, going into Saturday's K-State game, say Iowa State does win at Texas – Going into the Saturday K State game, they're going to to know. Okay, are they playing for a spot in the Big Twelve title game? Because you have that Oklahoma West Virginia Friday night game setting it up. So, in what could be Bill Snyder's last game as a coach, that's 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 another factor too that will be very interesting in that K State game. But uh, I've given up on assuming that. I always thought. I mean, I've, I've thought for the, a couple of years. It's getting nasty down there, Tommy. Read the read that stuff. No, it's getting yeah, nasty. I've, I have, but it's. I, it's I, getting I, pretty I, nasty. You know, can can they and will they fire him? I don't think. No, that it's they won't fire him. I think that it'll be a mutual. Yes. You think you think? Well, they I mean, won't fire it, him. The, they can't fire him. They burn the town down. I just yeah, don't. You can't know. fire a guy who's got a statue unless he does something <laughs> He's got really a bad. Statue. He's got a statue in a street in a stadium named after him. But Snyder is also the guy that sticks around just one more year to say, "Hey, I'm leaving on my own terms. Man, you can't pressure me. I know, but to I, leave right now." I went on a, a rant, and some people took offense to it. Like this was like a month ago. People take offenses to rants. I didn't know that. <laughs> but my whole point was I didn't want Snyder to stay too long because I've seen it with Bobby Bowden, a guy who I really used to look up to. I st- still do. I mean, when he when he was coaching, um, Joe Pa's deal was was way different because of of how it ended. But too often we see these Hayden. L- yeah, Hayden. Yeah, that's a it's a good example. We see these legendary guys who are larger than life, and they do stay around one or two seasons too long, and then. Fairly or not, their legacy is somewhat tarnished because of it. Sure, and I know Hayden was – I covered the, a lot of Hayden's years, and it, a lot of that was health-related. I mean, yeah. so I mean, let's not even you know kid ourselves. But, but, but yeah, I hope point, Snyder – I don't want Snyder to do that. No, I, no, I, I hope he, he does it on his own terms. Yes. I mean, I hope there's – if, in fact, he does decide to step away, I think it's becoming evident now that, that Sean's not gonna, Sean Snyder's not going to be the head coach. Um, I don't think there was any um, – Hiding the fact that that Bill was sticking around, you know, to to make sure Sean would get the job. Well, that didn't happen, and it doesn't appear to be. So, I just hope it's 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 a nice um, it's it's if it's done how Bill wants it to be done. That's Correct. what I hope. And if he wants to come back for another year, praise be, come back. He deserves to call his own shots. Yeah, I just don't want him to come back and go four and eight, and then eventually get fired and have it. You know what I mean? And That's, that could be what they go this year too. 
Absolutely, and and maybe we're we're staring down that barrel at this point. All right, Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Iowa State and Texas. Um, You guys want to start with matchup uh, favors for Iowa State or concerns? Sure. Which one? Favors. Um, I think that this was a low-scoring game last year. It was a defensive struggle here. In Ames, these two teams couldn't be more different than than that game. Clearly, Jacob Park was still the quarterback for Iowa State. It seems like years ago. I I think we'll see more points in this game. What about you guys? I, I think it'll be a higher scoring football game on Saturday night. I mean, Texas's quarterback situation is nine day different too. Dude, where he's, you've seen he's Ellinger really good. Just he is he's really come into his own right now. And then you're talking about Iowa State too, where they have finally found their quarterback in Brock Purdy too. So. I mean, it's not going to be a just light up the scoreboard uh, type game, but it's going to be, I would envision, you know, both teams in the 20s. I, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I was actually thinking more. I was too. I was thinking <laughs> but like maybe that's... 55 would be the over-under number. Yeah. I don't think it's 60? out yet when I, yeah. when I looked for I just, I don't know, guys. Like Texas is, um, I, I, I did some math yesterday. The, their last two games against West Virginia and Texas Tech, they've given up like 7.8 yards per play, which is preposterous. That's a that's a huge number. Iowa State's offense is rolling. I think there's some holes in the Iowa State defense right now, believe it or not. I think the corner opposite of PV is a concern. Do you move DeAndre Payne back? And I think since Awazarike went out, you've there's a leak in that Iowa State defensive line. Now, it's still playing well by the league standards and by, I think, just – historical standards, but it, they're not getting pressure with three the way that they were when 50 was in the lineup. So I, I, I think that Ellinger and Tom Herman are good enough to score some points on Iowa State. Plus, it's down there. There'll be 100,000 people down there. We've all seen Brock Purdy, how he plays, but he's never played in front of 100,000 people before. And as long as Texas is in the game, those fans will be crazy. Now, once things start to go haywire, those fans will start turning on them, and, and uh, you know you may hear more – you know booze but uh um that's that's the thing iowa state's got to come out and and um you know it would not surprise me in the slightest that if iowa state wins the toss they don't defer they they like to go on defense which would end up making them defer but they go on defense they play defense out there as much as possible until they get david back and i don't think david's absence for the first half isn't going to i don't think it'll be that huge a deal but you never know i think it is i mean i think it's a bigger deal than you know obviously the Oklahoma State game I mean look there we know it's going to be a close game I assume it's going to be a close game the less you have one of your best playmakers on the field the worse it is and you're talking about an entire half especially the first half where you're trying to impose your will and you're trying to establish the running game and all your concerns about um you know with Brock Purdy first real road game uh, first real tough environment, you want to have somebody like David Montgomery helping ease you that's, into yeah, it, kind fair. of take off the training wheels. And I feel very confident in what Iowa State has to offer and the other running backs. You know, I think Johnny Lang's very good back. I think um, Kane Nwangu is going to be a great option. But what David Montgomery can do is something neither of those guys can do. And um, you know, he he is definitely a trendsetter when it comes to building momentum 
and just being able to to break off some of those tackles, it's really deflating for an opposing defense. Let's not forget that Iowa State only had three possessions in the first half last week. Yes, this is true. So they, they, I mean, that one drive was like eight minutes or right, something exactly, like that. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm not as high on the running backs, on the backup running backs as Tommy is. I mean, I've said that here before. Um, I, You know, if you can get Kene running outside, outside the tackles, I think that's good. He's not going to get you. He's not going to get you tough yards in the middle. What he's going to do, he may be able to scoot through the. If there's a hole there, he may be able to scoot through it. I made it. I made what I thought was somewhat of a bold take yesterday. Uh, I just want to bounce it off of you guys. I think Iowa State's better off without Montgomery for the first half than they would have been out without Kniffle. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's an odd opinion for somebody to hear who doesn't watch the team closely, but I think. If you watch that, there's a much larger drop-off with Kniffle and his back up to Montgomery. And Purdy can gain those yards. Purdy can gain – I mean, okay, he's not going to gain as many yards and a half as what as what Montgomery would gain. But Purdy can do the run-pass option thing. He can do that. He's got tight yeah. ends now who catch the ball. Okay? I mean, so so they can they can move the ball without David. I think they'll be able to move the ball in Texas. It, yeah. yeah, I do too. They can move it without David. And then when he comes back in the second half, you know how jacked up that That is an be. interesting aspect, I think, of this whole conversation is David Montgomery, 100% fresh. Oh. He's been sitting in the locker if room. If Iowa State's got a sniff at half, if Iowa State's in the game at halftime, which they will be, oh, my gosh. Are you ki- Yeah. Oh, God. Against a defense that's got a half under. I think it's a yeah, fascinating. It, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Aaron Herman even alluded to it, to it yesterday on the teleconference. He said, he said Iowa State's going to be jacked up. Yeah. You know, and, and that was a good point about Kniffley. Clearly the best offensive lineman. But my, my, my take is, look, that's – you know, there there are ways to talk around this scenario saying, yeah, you know, it it really jacks up Iowa State or David Montgomery is avoiding some hard hits in the first half. But there's no denying David Montgomery is one of your best offensive weapons. You want him available as much as possible. And sitting out an entire half is not a good thing in any way. I think. I mean, no, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, but I'm, but I'm I, saying it, I would I would rather have Kniffle. Hundred percent agree because look, hey, the offensive line has made massive strides, like we thought they would. They are, I think, they are to a point where they are serviceable. Yeah, they're an adequate line now. Yeah, but it's like it helps you said, have a quarterback. You that can't can you can't lose. I I would say he's probably your best offensive lineman. You yeah. can't lose him for an no, entire I think half. He, I think it's pretty clear that, that he is yep. best offensive lineman. Um, Cyclone Insider, we're with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I want to I talk about the other side of the football for Iowa State and the, kind of the defensive matchup against Texas, which I, I think has really become interesting. Iowa State, is w- without any Owazarike, has not been as good on the edge with the contain. Um, and they're having – Datron Young has quietly become a very valuable member of this defense. We can talk about that and why. Do we think he'll play against Texas? What do you do with DeAndre Payne? Do you consider moving him back to the cornerback position? And if so, what happens on the back end of that secondary? There are a lot of uh, little pieces of this Iowa State-Texas matchup that I think that we can hammer out. We'll do that next here with Cyclone Insider. It's the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. 
Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider here, segment two with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. We did record this today up in Ames um, around the Matt Campbell media availability. Women's basketball is tonight. I don't want to freak you guys out because you'll hear my voice right after this going to that. That's why we – I can't be in two places at once. But um, – That's impossible. Are you covering the game tonight? Yeah. It'll be a fun game tonight. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of talking really about this game. before. I mean, the Iowa State women are a really good team. Yeah, they're going to be fun this year. They Th- that Iowa-Iowa State game in a couple of weeks is going to be legit. They have one of the best players in the nation in Bridget Carlton. And they have a ton of depth now yeah. where you've got scores like Ashley Jones, Masson Wise, really good point yeah. guard, even depth at point guard too. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be a good game tonight. All right, um, Iowa State, Texas coming up on Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Longhorn Network, 100.3 the bus. I am um, I, I am concerned about Iowa State's ability to stop Texas's offense. And I, I know – the clones have been really good in the red zone. They're, they're give, they gave up some yards against Baylor, but not points. That's all that matters. However, um, I think Texas's quarterback, Sam Ellinger, is night and day better. He's better than uh, Brewer was, and Brewer was a nice-looking quarterback, I thought, for Baylor. Um, your wide receivers for Texas, 6'4", 6'6", and Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey. And uh, I, I'm – I don't know, Pete, how concerned should I be? Because I'm slightly concerned about slowing down. Iowa State has not been getting as much pressure on the quarterback with three as we saw early in the year. I think the Iwazarike injury is caught up to Iowa State. What's your analysis on this? Well, and here's a, here's a one on two. Um, Ellinger has not thrown an interception in the Big 12 against Big 12 competition. That's too. a good point, Peterson. Remember that one. He's so. uh, 20 touchdowns to two interceptions on the season. That's that's pretty good stuff. That is good stuff. He's, he's so good. Um yeah, I, I would think that, that if you're Iowa State, you would have a concern about the passing game, and you, especially what do you do in the secondary. Um, that, that, that position started out as a, as a strength early in the season, early in the season but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's – I don't know whether it's worn down. There's been some injuries back there, but it's not as good now as it was. And I don't think Iowa State's facing better quarterbacks than, than what it was, although except for this Saturday they will be. Um, how healthy is, is Brian Peavy? We're all, you know, we're all, we all suspect that he's hurt. Some, you know, but he's that he's playing with with some stuff. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think there's there's big concern, and I don't, you know, about the as far as the rush is concerned. I don't know whether you're going to be able to rush, whether you're going to be able to rush him. You're going to just want to get him, a, make him as off balance as you can. Um, um, you know, Texas is, has allowed. I'm looking at it right now. 14 sacks in the in the Big 12 conference, and let, put that into comparison. TCU has allowed nine, and Iowa State has allowed also 14. So, I guess you can get to him a little bit, but you're that you're just gonna have to put him off his off his um, out of his comfort zone, and and hopefully there's good coverage in the secondary. Saving grace for Iowa State might be that you don't know how good to go Johnson is for Texas too. I believe he missed. The Texas Tech game, correct? I thought they were both playing. Were they both? I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. I remember watching that game and being terrified because yep. of massive wide receivers. At least dinged up. Yeah, yeah. So. I think he played, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure on so, that. So, 
I mean, that's something at least to take into account, too. But, yeah, I mean, Iowa State's defense has been great, but... Yeah, I, I'm I mean, not killing it. They've yeah, been really good. There are legitimate concerns. I mean, that many times that Baylor... It wasn't that Baylor just got to the red zone. It was that Baylor marched down the field on some pretty methodical drives that would make you nervous because... Everything Iowa State wants to do, Baylor was kind of doing too. You know, moving the ball, controlling the clock. Um, they just weren't finishing the drives. And I think those are big areas of concern for Iowa State heading into this game. Not only for that fact, but the idea that there are some obvious matchup problems from wide receiver to corner for Iowa State. And let's not forget in the Kansas game, the Kansas receiver dropped a touchdown pass too. Let's not forget that one. So that is true. Yeah, and that you know, if he doesn't drop that, it changes it changes our perception on things quite a bit. So, um, you know, I, I think smart football fans who have watched Iowa State, they, you don't you don't hear what we're saying is nitpicking. I think it's a legitimate concern as you go into that game against Sam Ellinger. And, and Ellinger, to me, he, he's finally stepped up and become the guy that you know Tom Herman kind of thought that he would be. It, I think it's a similar conversation. Now, they've lost some games, and Iowa State's on a five-game winning streak. So you can take – because Iowa State's defense is better. But I think that Ellinger stepping up and Brock Purdy kind of solidifying the quarterback position at Iowa State, I think both programs are in a similar spot where they finally got a quarterback and now they can, you know, be more consistent because of that. Yeah, it felt like they both have really good defenses and then some really good playmakers offensively but just were missing that consistent quarterback play. And now they both have it. Look at the quarterbacks. Look at the team, the four teams that can win, that can get to the champion, the Big 12 championship game. They've all got quarterbacks. Yeah. Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. Yep. Will Greer, West Virginia. Sam Ellinger, Texas. Yep. Brock for Iowa State. I mean, they've all got good quarterbacks. That's that's. It's It's going to be fun to watch this play out in the next two weeks yeah no it it most certainly will um do we worry at all about because pete i thought you asked a really good question at last week's press conference about purdy and just you know being a freshman and okay all of a sudden like they're real there's real pressure here to do something that hasn't been done at iowa state in over 100 years which is win a conference championship right yeah um now he's got to have a hundred thousand people on top i know on seven hundred thousand people who who are very rabid because as long as things are going well for Texas, Texas fans are as spoiled. Are as spoiled. I'm not even going to use that comparison, but they're pretty spoiled. They're not um, Iowa State fans. Like it's a very different deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a whole different deal down there for him. But but I, he's passed I every test saying, so far. I know. I keep yeah. saying. I keep saying that that that, that uh, you know he won at Oklahoma State, and that can be a nasty place to play too. Although that stadium was about half full. Um, that I, he's he's is he t- is this is this possible to be too young to be frightened or not frightened no. is the right word too young to be nervous doesn't know what I think I there's an element of that with Iowa State basketball right now I think those boys are just going out and playing well, well I don't yeah think we'll see much. yeah but yeah we'll see when they go to Iowa in a couple well, of weeks we'll or see at Maui even I think yeah I think you'll learn a lot next week Pete I no you will but I was I yeah. thought about playing I thought you were, we were you know I thought you were talking about playing yeah. in a hostile I, I, totally, environment yeah. that's not going to be real hostile no yeah although there'll be more Duke fans there than Iowa State fans but Iowa State fans clearly will bring make up the second largest contention but uh, yeah I I don't know whether whether he's just too young to know that he's supposed to be afraid 
you're nervous? I, I think there's an aspect of it of, I mean, sometimes you do look at how a young man was raised and like the, and I, I think that his parents have, everything I've seen with them, with your quotes and Channel mm-hmm. 13 did the nice piece. I don't know. I think he's just a really solid dude. I, I, I think Purdy's got it. I think he's better upstairs than he is. You think he's better than the number 356 quarterback he was in the country when he yeah. when he signed his letter of intent with Iowa State? You really think so? Well, I'm saying that I think that he is a – I really – I know he's a student of the game because yeah. of what Campbell's told us. But I, when I look at the kid, on game day at least, now I don't know what's going on between Sunday and Saturday, he doesn't look – rattled like they, uh, you could tell like uh, Ross and I and um, Chuck Long had a long talk about this yesterday Stanley right now you can watch him and tell that he his confidence is frazzled at Iowa now I'm not saying Brock won't ever be there but right now he looks like the most confident player on the team for Iowa State which is staggering considering his age well and things haven't always gone perfectly for Purdy too. I mean, you've seen that a couple of times. Look at the West where, Virginia game. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was thinking about the you know the trip to Oklahoma State where they said, "Hey, you get one series." I mean, I think it was always. I know they've said it was going to be one series, but they said, "Look, you're you know they publicly said you're going to get this first series, then we'll go from there." That was a three and out, and it had to have been a little daunting for him just going in there and like, oh, well, okay, I. Didn't move the ball too well. Now I'm going back out there. Response with a touchdown drive. You've seen it so many times. And then the West Virginia game where not the best uh, uh, start to that game, too. He's overcome it. And Randy talked about, um, you know, the Oklahoma State game. I think about, too, going into Kansas, that wasn't an easy place to play for a whole other set of reasons. For one, it was a half-empty stand um, where you kind of, even though there were a lot of Iowa State fans, you still had to create your own energy and go out there knowing that you were a superior team over Kansas and win that football game. So it's like you said, he has answered all the tests so far. I guess I'm not too worried about this because, look, in Arizona he played in some pretty big games too. So it's not like he's a complete fish out of water. Now, Grant, it's nothing like he will have faced before, but I think – that's all part of the learning process is it's all kind of been building up to this where it's not his first game. So um, I know we want to talk a little bit of basketball before the end of the program tonight. So let's 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 get right to it. Are we picking Iowa State to beat Texas? Oh, Anybody? It's Tuesday. You don't have to go on the record yet. I know I'm not. I'm not prepared to. I haven't done enough anal- or research on Texas at this point. I do feel like, um, you know, to me, I want to know a little bit more about the defensive matchup for Iowa State right now. How, how healthy is PV? I'd like to get a better read on that. Um, you know, what about Datron Young? I, I think that those are really important pieces when talking about this Texas matchup. But I, uh, you, you certainly have what appears, gentlemen, to be teams. Iowa State's won five in a row. Texas had lost two in a row, and they damn near blew it on Saturday against Texas Tech. I think on the surface – it would make sense to pick Iowa State here, but you had the Montgomery suspension. There's a lot of other things to to consider before making a pick. I don't. Yeah, I don't. And as you alluded to, the 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 defense right now has sprung a leak. I mean, and so I it's going to be tough. I I don't doubt that it'll be a big uh, a close game, and it would not shock me if it goes into four or five overtimes. <laughs> Pal. Yeah, time's, the time's deadline. <laughs> Pal. Right when the game ends. <laughs> but um, 
That's the one. Maybe I can see. It. Maybe I. <laughs> maybe I can see the end of it then. Um, but it would not shock me if it goes. I mean, if it. I mean, I. I. I just don't see that Iowa State though. Unless Iowa State can patch up its defense, I don't. I don't see Iowa State winning, but it will be close. I. I can't make a prediction right now, but that's fair. I guess. Right now, I'm still kind of leaning towards Iowa State. Yeah. Pete, how are you? Uh, so you uh, you're flying to Maui during the game. Uh, I, fl- I, fly, I fly Maui on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, so you'll be able to watch the game. Will you no, be out in Hawaii? No, 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 no. I don't land in Hawaii until six thirty Hawaii time, which is ten thirty here. Mm. So that's why I say unless it goes four overtime, I might be able to see maybe, the, uh, maybe I'll see the fourth overtime. Would they Tommy. have uh, internet on your flight? You I don't know. Maybe it? I don't know. That'd be a good deal. I haven't I haven't flown to Hawaii in a long time, so I don't remember whether those flights have internet or what. But I guess they I could get it TV. on my I could get it on my my phone if it does because yeah. I've got well, I've got the Longhorn Network I mean, on my Directv. Oh yeah, because it's freaking Longhorn Network. Yeah, so but, even if, it, it, no, but I'm saying like on Directv in a plane, you're not going to be able to. I get don't the know, Longhorn but I, I get it on my phone if there's internet. Yeah, you, maybe because that, I get it shot. at home. That's I get it. Shot. I get it at home. Yeah. Um, yeah um, so I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, Do you so, get the Longhorn Network? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, that I I've always gotten it. I'm a Dish subscriber, okay. so like Dish has always had the Longhorn Network, so it's never been a big thing for me in fact i've liked it this week because i got to watch the herman press conference the tom herman show like i, I feel like i'm locked in on Texas. did anybody the, the the tom herman press conference the one that he had in 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 austin yeah school did anybody ask him about um zach smith i did thing? not see it okay that i and but even if he did it probably got edited and not put on the long oh, probably network. good point yeah I would guess. What do, what's your read on that? Roughly? I think Zach Smith needs to go off and off right off into the sunset. Yeah, I'm, just you, go. Somewhere. You know, and I and I get it. There's a book coming. I get it. He's you know previewing sections of the book. You know, you know what's sad to me, and um, but you and I both like Tom Herman too. We do, and we're I'm we're friends with. Yeah, him. I, I consider yeah. Tom a friend, and I I don't know all these details of his personal life that are being thrown out there, but the guy has kids, you know, and. You know, Tom's daughter, she's got to be close to a teenager at this point. She I mean, can read the Twitter. That's, you know, like I'm reading all that on Sunday night and all these people are laughing at it. And it's just like, God, this is sad. You know, that, and that's that's one it, thing. It bothers me. Yeah. I mean, the kids do read that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, when your daughter, if you're still in this, this business, when she starts reading the Twitter, if it's still around there, heaven forbid. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> I um, it will be. But, yeah, I mean. She'll see nasty stuff. Yes, she and will. She'll get she'll get upset, and and there was some stuff, you know. I I started something on Sunday, uh, 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 stuff about the the, you know. I was when I said I'm curious about why the police were on the field. Curious. I didn't say they should or shouldn't be. I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. Wow. And and so well, I think a lot of people had that question. Yeah, I don't the, think you were being vile. No, I didn't think so either until yeah. some. But but anyway, and my daughter called. Well, my daughters called me and they says, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah." And, and I know they read the Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so people don't. People can say what they want, but but think about yeah. other. Think about ramifications too. The Zach I mean, Smith deal. It doesn't. Um, it makes me. It reading all of it just confirms the thoughts that I already had of that guy. Yeah. And again, I. I'm not def- – this is not even a defense of Tom. I don't know. Tom can do whatever he wants in his personal life. I'm yeah. not – As long as it's not illegal. Yeah. The By law. Watching Zach Smith act the way that he's acted towards yeah. Tom, in my opinion, really confirms what a lot of people already thought of Zach Smith, which is 
not a good look for him. No, and, I, and like I said, I don't know why he just he just can't go quietly someplace. I mean, yeah, go I, quietly and write. I mean, your he's book. he's just yes, he's disgraced. Go, go do something for a couple of years. He's certainly got enough money. Go, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But but um, you know, you find something to do for a year or so, and then all this will blow over. And um, you know, how many disgraced coaches have come back? A lot of He'll them. He'll get another job. Sure, a lot of them. So All right. Um, we'll do some basketball. Want to look at Iowa State's trip to the Maui Invitational. The Clones played last night and defeated Texas Southern. We'll do that next here with Psycho and Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Cyclone Insider segment three here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Tomorrow it'll be Hawk Central with Mark Emmert, Chad Leistico, and, uh, excuse me, and it'll be um, Ross Peterson. I, I forgot my own co-host name there for a moment excuse me ross if you're listening and then um on we will have high school insider on friday like normal um of course the dome games are going on and, and all that stuff what times dowling play i don't know i don't tommy I, should know that <laughs> i don't your know thing what, on tommy i don't know oh, a dowling grad does not know I, i've got some other things going on in my life right now will you watch the dome from uh from austin if I can, yeah, do you, do you, I guess I could on my phone. It's just crazy how different it is. Like if my hometown were playing yeah. for a championship, like it would be, I mean, locked down, like nothing else is happening. And it seems like the bigger schools don't have that pride. Well, I've Dowling, noticed that. What, Dowling has won like five straight, six straight? So I you're mean, immune to the winning? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool for me. I was in high school the first time Dowling won it. And I remember Dowling had been to the Dome so many times over the years that there was kind of a misconception. Like, you would ask Dowling people, like, when did, you know, when did Dowling win its last state title or how many state titles had Dowling won? I think so many people that didn't know the history had no idea that Dowling hadn't won. It was a long, long time um, before they finally won it. And I remember being in the stands and, what a huge celebration it was, and then now there have been so many since then. Once you've won that first one, yeah, then you sound really off. arrogant. You're not. So you say Dowling fans are entitled. I'm saying Dowling fans are used to. <laughs> Thank you. To yeah, winning. Another way of saying yeah, that. Yeah, you're proving everybody. That was Tommy Birch, everybody. Yeah. Not the pride of Shenandoah and not the pride of the East Side. Uh, Clorinda, not Shenandoah. Not the pride of Clorinda or not the pride yeah. of the East Side. Why? There's nothing that ticks me off more than when people say I'm from Shenandoah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. I know. Uh, okay. Talk I, basketball. We're, Lindell we're, Wigginton, he's from Clorinda. Going to Maui. I bet he's been to Clorinda. Indeed he is not. He's been to Maui twice. I do know that, though. Um yeah, so what did you take of his comments last night? It, very, I, it was interesting. I'm glad he talked. Um, I, I asked him point blank. I said, you, did, is this an injury? He's got a, a strained ST yeah. um, left foot. Is this something that was, hap- that, that was happening throughout the end of last year? You know, and he looked at me and he said, "Yeah." He said that he said he started to think about that now. Once it once it happened, and that there was some pain towards the end of last year. He just played with it. You know, he's a baller. He just played with it. There was some pain in practice, and practices towards the end of last year. And his heel, he played with it. He didn't tell anybody. That's what they do. And he and then and then after the season, he did the NBA stuff. 
when he didn't have the flu because he also had the flu during all that. Then he went to those two camps. Then he came back and practiced every day in the, in the Sukup. Those kids need some time off. Mm-hmm. They need some time off. And, and he actually did say that this is probably a good a good thing for him to be just sitting back and watching for a couple weeks or a month or whatever it is because they do need a time off and they don't get it. Do you get the read at all that this could be a situation where in mid-December he's still not playing and it's it turns into a deal where I'm like where he's like I'm more worried about the NBA at this point which could turn into a thing I don't want to turn it into a thing I just I I know how fans work Pete and I could see people reading into his comments last night well he did say he did say that he said he talked to coach prom about it and they said they have to be real careful going forward because he and Lindell said this he said because coach prom acknowledged that yes he does know that there's a life after college for him so yeah they're going to be careful with it but I think they're going to be careful with it in the fact that it'll be the rehab process that leads up to it I don't think he's going to play until he's one hundred percent um healthy and i you know he said he wants to try to get back in in december i'm guessing it's it's whatever january 2nd at oklahoma state you think so in that in that range so yeah. like there's a lot of people wondering will he be back for iowa you don't think he'll be back for Iowa? I, I, maybe not I, I doubt it i would doubt it too i mean he's just getting his cast off on thursday now yeah all so right i doubt it so iowa state's trip to maui without lindell wigginton what is the um expectation what, what is your expectation for how this team performs in Maui against top-notch competition. I think the team goes two and one. I think, really? Okay. I, I think, think get it. Give them Arizona. I go two and one on the other side too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because they play off all the all the spots. But yeah, I think they could beat Arizona. Um, um, you know, I, it's Nick gets Nick Bab gets up for games, for big games. So you know, and he he was spectacular again last night. And and granted, granted, it was just Texas Southern, a road weary Texas a, Southern not team, not a terrible team that though. beat Baylor. So let's you know, let's just not go too crazy over last night. But I think we're starting to see how good Taylor and Horton Tucker can be. This guy's a beast under the basket. I mean, he just moves people. He showed he showed his three point shot last night. Um, and that's what Iowa State's got to do. They've got to they've got to shoot the ball. So and and Shayak is good. Mike Jacobson is is playing very well. So you know they they're going to go seven or eight guys. And yeah, I think Iowa State's got a definite shot against an Arizona team about which I know very little. Yeah, I'm just, just saying that. Kind of like, getting started. Yeah. on the Maui field. Yeah. The real tough thing is now with the whole Ligging, you know Lindell Wigginton thing is now you're taking the training wheels off so many different people so fast where it's kind of like what we had talked about with Brock Purdy and being out of Texas, you know, you kind of, to a certain degree, want to ease them into things. Obviously, I don't think this really changes much when it comes to Taylor Horton Tucker and, you know, his role, but, you know, you were going to ease Tyrese Halliburton into things a little bit more than you had to. Now you're kind of leaning on him a little bit more. Um, Condit. Yeah, I mean, with other injuries now, Condit's having to uh, step up and play a, you know a, a much bigger role than that was expected of him too. So um, it's it's going to be invaluable learning experience for Iowa State that's going to pay p- dividends down the road. But right now, man, it's a it's a really tough situation for some of those guys, especially like Connie. I mean, I think to a certain degree, Halliburton, we're going to start seeing a lot of him. Anyways, I think his role was kind of getting a little bit bigger even before Lindell got hurt, but it's obviously expanded. But guys like Condon, I mean, now 
you're really having to get out there and grind. Was, How'd you like to be North Dakota State? North Dakota State is the game that that Lard um, um, and Tally have circled on their on their calendar. And Wigginton was even telling, talking about that last night. He said, "I want to get back and join those guys in the in the North Dakota State lineup too." But anyway, that's who North Dakota. That's who Iowa State plays on December third. So that's the game that that they get everybody back except for Wigginton, except for so- except for Solomon Young. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. But Iowa State, you know, they they don't have a whole lot of depth right now. But once they get everybody back, they've got a lot of depth. And then the question becomes, where does you know Steve doesn't like to play more than seven or eight guys. A, a, an eighth guy only if he has to. You're going to have nine guys that need to play. What are you going to do with that? And that's not counting Terrence Lewis or some of those guys. Well, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. It starts next week in Maui. Uh, massive next week here. Um, Tommy, you and I will have um, Cyclone Insider, I assume, on our own. Yep. Next week is Pete will be in Maui. Maybe we can get Pete on the phone for a segment or yeah, two. Yeah, what time will it be out there? I don't know. Well, well you know, everything's going to depend on if Iowa State wins on Monday um, night or not. Um, when, it's when four hours play. difference. Like in Maui right now, it's, but the good it's thing four is hours ahead of time. Ahead he of, gets behind up here. at like 4 a.m. So like he, we can call him at 8. I don't he'll, care. He'll no. be up. Um, we'll be hanging out. I will be up. All right. So um, follow Pete uh, for the good stuff from Maui. Uh, Tommy and I will both be in Austin this weekend for uh you'll be prepping on friday night right absolutely and watching, Actually, and watching to, dowling i'm going to speak to uh the uh cyclone club down there the dallas fort Worth yeah cyclone. i'm gonna go speak to those folks i'm sure they're gonna are they be on a, 6th street i don't know i've i get the invite over the weekend yeah, so I That's all. yeah uh anyways um have a great night and um, I invite you to stick around. We'll have some Saquon women's basketball. It's coming up next from Hilton Coliseum here on 1460 KXNO.